The word of God that comes to us today is from the crowds. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You may be seated. Well, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today we celebrate Palm Sunday, the day when Jesus rode in on, as our Bibles have it, uh, the triumphal entry is the heading they have. A triumphal entry for a king. And today as we ponder this and think about this and prepare our hearts for this Easter Holy Week, I want to just think about this with you. Who is it that's riding in? Who is it that is coming into Jerusalem and into us today? Who is it? We know it's, as they, they said, it's the king. They're preparing the way for the king. So I want to think today, what kind of king is riding in? And so I have just two thoughts about this. The first is that he's a confrontational king. He confronts us with who he is. He's a confrontational king. Uh, And I'll tell you the other one in a moment, but what do I mean he's a confrontational king? Sometimes we think of Palm Sunday as Jesus is just swept up by the momentum of the crowds. Like, wow, They're so excited that something cool might happen. They throw Jesus and put him on a donkey and they get excited. That it's all the crowd's doing. Maybe you've thought of that sometime. Just as if, you know, we won the Super Bowl. We would take Josh Allen and throw him on anything and and celebrate, right? That's not exactly it. There is some part of that. The crowds are excited. But this is Jesus orchestrating it. You don't have this in your bulletin, but in, in the, if you open your Bibles, just the, the very previous section to our first reading today is Matthew 20. Today our text is Matthew 21, but the last thing in Matthew 20 is Jesus. He's on his way to Jerusalem. He's in Jericho. And when he's passing through there, two blind men say something to him, and he stops, and he listens Before I tell you what, you probably know what they say, but before I tell you that, remember when Jesus did all these healings and he says, don't go tell anyone, right? Don't don't tell them. Maybe go to the priest and show how you're cleansed. But over and over he said, keep it a secret. Don't tell everyone. The reason is, if the political rulers and the religious rulers knew who he was right away, he'd be done with his teaching, done with his ministry. He says, now isn't the time. Over and over, that's what he says. But here he is in Jericho. And there's a lot of people going with him up to to Jerusalem. And these two blind men say, they can't see with their eyes, but they can see with their hearts. And they say to him, have mercy on us, son of David. Son of David, have mercy on us. Well, that son of David, that's a title. What kind of title? He's the Christ. One who would be the son of David is the one who sits on David's throne forever. So when they say, son of David, have mercy on us, he hears that. And says, yeah, yes. He receives the title. He agrees that they are correct. He is the son of David. It's not a secret anymore. And so what does he do? He gives them back their sight. They follow him on the way to Jerusalem. Jesus is now publicly saying that, yes, I am the Christ and I'm here. Right? And then we come to our text today. And we see that Jesus is a confrontational king. He's not swept up by the crowds. He orchestrates it. Take a look at your bulletin, the very first reading, Matthew 21. When they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, Bethpage is right next to another town called Bethany, and at Bethany, Jesus did the most awesome thing. Remember Lazarus? He was in the tomb for four days. 
And his sister said, Lord, don't open the door. By this time, he stinketh, right? He's dead and he's rotting. That's my brother. But Jesus said, they had him, Jesus had him open the tomb and say, Lazarus, come out. And he came out. Like, this was an awesome thing that happened in Bethany. And John 11 tells us that many disciples followed him. So Jesus has big crowds in Bethany, in Bethpage, where he's going. Jesus is orchestrating the crowds. He's getting the crowds together because he's on his way to triumph. Okay? And then he goes on, and we can read this, that he sent two disciples to uh, a, a house where there's going to be a donkey with a colt. And he says, go get him. Right? If they ask you why, say the Lord needs it. And then it fulfills the, the scripture that's written there in verse 5. But, so his disciples went and did it. So my point is this, that Jesus is pressing the moment. He is the one who gathers the crowds. He is the one who is going to ride in on this animal, proclaiming that he's the king. Does that make sense? He's a confrontational king. And he doesn't stop there. He doesn't stop with all these people saying, Hosanna, which means, save us, son of David. He rides in and accepts these words of of prayer and praise. Save us. Jesus, you're the Messiah. What's he do when he gets there? He goes to the temple and he says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. What? Jesus is claiming the temple as his house. He says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Jesus is confronting them with who he is at this moment. And he goes on, and, and, the, scribes and fi- the scribes and chief priests, we can read it it's in our second reading, they're, they're seeing the wonderful, wonderful things Jesus is doing. He's healing people, and he's, he, he's receiving the praises of the people and the little kids. They're saying, Hosanna, son of David. And the scribes and chief priests and you say to them, uh, don't you hear what they're saying? They're directing to you what should only be directed to God. And then Jesus says to them, and this is verse 16, Jesus said to them, yes, I hear it. Have you never read, and then he quotes Psalm 8, out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you have what? Prepared praise. So Jesus is receiving their praise. He is saying that, yes, I am the son of David. Right? He is pressing the moment. He's not going to give them an option of like, yeah, Jesus is a pretty good guy. It's like, no, I am Lord. I am the son of David. And then he goes on throughout Holy Week, and we have it, this is from Matthew 22, the next reading that Josh read. And this one, Jesus says, he goes up and he is confronting them. Who do you think the Christ is? That's what he says. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And they're like, well, of course he's the son of David. Right? Everyone knows that. But then Jesus quotes from Psalm 110, and he says this, How is it that David, in the Spirit, says, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. Right? And then Jesus goes on, If David calls him Lord, how is he his son? So Jesus is here saying, Not only am I the son of David, the Christ, I am the Lord of David. Did you catch that? He's not only his son by humanity, by birth through the Virgin Mary, he's also David's Lord. David's creator. Jesus is confronting them with who he is. He doesn't give them an option to say, all right, pretty good, pretty nice guy, good teacher. No. And the same thing is for us. And then our last readings, he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I would have gathered you. Who can say things like that? Except God. God alone is the one who can gather us, who for times past, that's his, his goal. 
is to gather us under his wings. All right, so hopefully you got my point. Jesus is confronting us as the king when he rides in, right? Son of David and David's Lord. Everyone okay with that? All right. Now, at the moment, and even right now, we can sort of ponder about Jesus two things, right? Can we separate Jesus? You know, we like to think of Jesus as Savior, and we ought to. He is our Savior. Um, Can we separate the fact that he is our king? Can we, could you say to me, hey, Reiko, come on in. Zek, stay out. Can you do that? No, because I am Reiko Zek. You can't separate me. That's who I am. You can't say to, to the first half of me, come in, second half, stay out. You, we can't say to Jesus, hey, Savior Jesus, come on in. I really like all the cool things you do. But King Jesus, not okay with that. You don't have a right to say what goes on in my life, right? Now, the thing is, we're all in that place where we do that. We say, yeah, Jesus, I want you to save me. I want you to heal me. I want you to love me. But then we say to him, all the things you tell me to do, I'm not so sure. I want to be the king in my life. Not you, right? I don't know if you could probably even this morning think of an instance where you were trying to be the king of your life instead of Jesus in your thoughts, words, or actions, or somewhere in your life, right? We all are in this place where we don't really accept Jesus as our Savior and our King because we're broken people. Thanks be to God that Jesus came to do what we couldn't do, right? So not only is Jesus, back to our text, not only is Jesus our confrontational King, He is our counterintuitive King. I did a little bit of grammar work this week trying to help us remember this. He's He's our confrontational king, but he's our counterintuitive king. Think about how Jesus rode in. Anybody here into politics? Raise your hand if you love politics. Come on now, don't be shy. I'm not going to ask you if you're what party you are. Come on now. Is that Scott Glass? Okay, Scott Glassman over there. This will work perfect for uh, for this illustration. Scott's my guinea pig. Thank you so much, Scott. So. I think Scott probably has a 65 Mustang drop top, right? It's red. It's cherry red. It's beauty. He's had it for a long time, and he loves this thing. It's got probably a 390 in it. It revs up. It's got a really loud muffler. Now, he is into politics, and he wants to be the mayor of Clarence Center. Okay? True story. After church today, he's going to take his 65 Mustang down the street, and everyone's going to be like, Scott, 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 right? We're all going to be cheering him on to be mayor, right? And we'd all be impressed, like, wow, he's, he's got it together. Maybe he'll tell us about his policies when we get around to that, why we should vote for him and all that stuff. Now, he has a pretty good chance of being mayor if that's the case, right? But what if instead of, of taking his 65 drop top, he, he parks that in the garage and he takes his, uh, his trike, you know, his Hot Wheels, and he pedals that into town? Would we feel the same about Scott? No. Would we vote for Scott? No, we would not vote for Scott. All right. What kind of king is Scott? Well, if he comes in on a trike or a Hot Wheels, we're not going to be impressed. That's how it is with Jesus. How does he ride in? On Hot Wheels, more or less. Right? If you don't know what Hot Wheels are, you've got to Google it. All right? Some of you young folks. Um, yeah, he comes in on a trike, more or less. He comes in on not even a donkey, but a colt of a donkey. Right? That is not very impressive. Yes, Solomon did it. Yes, it's symbolic. But what does it mean? Well, 
verse 4 in our first reading, says this, This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. This is Zechariah. It said this, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you. You've heard that, right? Your king is coming. What kind of king? Humble, or some translations, gentle, and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. What kind of king do we have? A counterintuitive one, right? A, ultimately, a crucified king. Would we have chosen that? No, we would never vote for Scott on a trike. We would never vote for Jesus on a donkey, on a, on a colt of a donkey. We want power and strength. Yeah. Think, think for a moment about all the things we want from God. And then think about what we get from God. They don't agree, do they? Palm Sunday is exactly that huge, uh, if that makes sense. We would want from God, we would ask from God, if we, if we, we would ask, we, we get from God what we would ask if we knew what God knew. Does that make sense? Like, Jesus came this way because this is the only way to save us. Humble, gentle. Uh, does that mean he's not the confrontational Lord? No, it just magnifies his grace and his power because he comes this way. So when Jesus rode in on that donkey, just a quick history thing, there's probably 50,000 people in Jerusalem, normally. On a Passover like this, there's probably 250,000 people. There's like five times as many people as normal because all the people come for, for uh, Passover. Jesus has a large part of this crowd cheering him on. And so he comes over the Mount of Olives, and he looks over the city, and what's there? He sees the temple, he sees the governor's palace, he sees the battalion where the soldiers, the Roman soldiers are. He comes over, and if he's the king, where is he going to go? He is going to come and take over as the son of David. Where is he going to go? Yeah, he goes to the temple... A, a normal king would go and fight the battalion. A normal king would go to the governor's palace and get rid of that governor. Make Pilate take off, right? That's not what Jesus does because he comes gentle. Does Jesus end up there? At the governor's palace? Absolutely. Before Pilate, a few days later, he comes already condemned for a sin that he did not do and he will face execution in the following hours. So he does come to the governor's palace, but he rules in a way that we wouldn't expect. So our counterintuitive king is really the crucified king, the one crucified for my sin and your sin, and that's what we celebrate this week. Lastly, he is the coming king. And this is my shortest one, I think. He is the coming king. What the people quote is from Psalm 118. It says, Hosanna, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He is the one who comes. And that, that word there, blessed is he who comes, that word blessed comes from the word, very similar to the word shalom. You ever hear that word? That's what Jews still say today. It means peace, like peace to you. Uh, shalom. But it had a big meaning. It means the absence of anything bad, the the presence of everything good. So when they're saying, Hosanna to the Son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, they're expecting this Messiah to bring everything good, all peace. And does he? 
Yeah. Instantly, no. That was a bad snap. Instantly, no. But he does. He comes to us and gives us the peace that passes understanding. So just an example of this. Think about the donkey for a moment. This donkey had never been ridden on, right? This colt, the, the foal of a donkey, has never been ridden on. Jesus gets it. He's the master of the universe. He hops on it. And there's thousands of people waving things about it. Do we hear anything else about the donkey? No, probably because the donkey did just fine. The donkey was doing what it was made to do, serve its master, and it's likely full of peace. And that's the same peace that God gives to us when we say, yes, Jesus, be my savior, and Jesus, be my king. That's not him telling us to do less, it's him telling us to do more. I don't know if that, I didn't say that right. It's not him demanding more of us, but becoming more who we are. Does that make sense? When he says, I will be your king, we become more fully human, more fully what we're made to be. And with this, our last reading is uh, the Ma- Matthew 23. These are the last words of Jesus publicly in Matthew. And he says this, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. Some of you have chickens. Uh, I got some chickens from Rich the other day. Uh, and Some of you have chickens. Think about a mother, mother chicken. If it's covering its chicks, what's it doing? This is a kindergarten question. Protecting it, keeping it warm. What's going to happen to that chick, that baby chick? It's, it's going to grow up and be just like its mom, right? It's going to flourish. And that's what Jesus says. When I gather you to myself, I make you flourish. I protect you. I give you everything you need. And you become like me. Not so I'll love you because I already do. I'm already covering you. But because I love you, you'll become my, like me. And that's what this, this week is about. The grace of God. Jesus comes to confront us. And we fall short. But he comes also to be our crucified king. And most of all, he comes. And he comes to protect us and to call us to be like him. Now may the peace of God which passes all our understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.